We're going to talk about some masterminding. Yes. How do you feel about it? I feel like we are going to master this subject. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like between the three of us, we can get it together. I mean. We can master it. Yeah. Oh, punny. I love it. <laughs> And welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all of the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being, trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, usually, but tonight I am live in St. Thomas, and with me is my disciplinary accountability partner, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kaus, not a doctor, but a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. We know from research and from our year of monthly habit challenges, how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So we're getting intentional about our habits and we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. On today's episode, we are super excited that we have a special guest and we will be discussing mastermind groups. In Ooh, Me Likey, Jenny is liking. I don't know what you're liking. You'll see. What? You'll see. All right. And I'm digging cauliflower crust pizza. Mm. Jenny's win is related to. You'll see. What? <laughs> we'll say it has something to do with my 19 for 19. Okay. I'm crushing it. Okay. Oh, of course yeah. you are. And my learn is about the balancing act of too much summer fun. Yeah. Uh, Shut that down. (laughs) (laughs) You'll also get to hear from our guest in these two segments. So look forward to that. All right. And speaking of our guest, we are very excited that our friend and fellow Mastermind Group member Amanda DeVries is here with us today. Let me tell you a little bit about Amanda. Amanda DeVries has been an independent brand and general graphic designer for 15 years, specializing in visual identities and website design. She spent 10 years in Ottawa, where her work from governmental agencies kept her busy, but not terribly inspired. Moving to southwestern Ontario nine years ago has given her the opportunity to work with small, local businesses and to work daily face-to-face with real people. She has recently faced the hard truth that if she could spend 24 hours a day doing design work for the food and beverage industry, she would die a happy woman indeed, and thus launched her new company, Eye Candy Design. Originally trained as an electrical engineer, she can still write the odd line or two of code, even though she dreams in color. Follow her at Amanda DeVries Creative, sorry, at A DeVries Creative on Instagram. Hi, Amanda, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I, um, I've i been sort of wa- obviously listening to the podcast, um, you know, from the beginning and just always kind of admired what you guys are doing. And so I've just been excited to I've kind of invited myself, really, is what well, it comes down but to. But do you notice we kind of have you trapped here? We're sitting on either <laughs> side of you. Just for those who you can't see what's happening. Um, but to paint a picture for you, we're sitting on either side of her so that she can't go anywhere. She can't escape. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> and you're kind of getting a little closer and closer, to be I, honest. You notice that, eh? You feel that. things crushing you in on you. said it's the microphone, but, yeah. you know, really. No. Now that we've got you, we're not letting you go. <laughs> All right. So today, we're happy to have you here. And we're going to talk a little bit about mastermind groups because the three of us have a mastermind group, which we'll talk a little bit about. And, uh, and then, as I said in the intro, we're going to get into some other stuff. Yeah. So Jenny's going to take us into some mastermind groups. Yeah. So here's here's some info about mastermind groups. And Peg made an interesting distinction when we were talking before. There's a difference between a mastermind group 
a yeah. mastermind. Yeah, a mastermind is somebody who has a very special mind, and it's kind of you. You think of like a criminal mastermind, or I was thinking about that cartoon Mega Mind. Yes. Who he was a, basically a cartoon mastermind that took over the world or yeah. something, right? right? Wasn't Brad Pitt's voice in that one? I, I think, think it was. So. I think it was. So just yeah. to be clear, we're talking about mastermind groups, right? Mastermind not Brad groups. Pitt. Not Brad Pitt. Not yes. masterminds. So if you've come looking for those things because of the title <laughs> of this podcast. We are very sorry. Look elsewhere. But we are talking about mastermind groups. You got it. So a mastermind group is a peer-to-peer mentoring concept used to help members solve their problems with input and advice from the other group members. So this concept was coined in 1925 by author Napoleon Hill in his book, The Law of Success. And it was described in more detail in his follow-up 1937 book, Think and Grow Rich. That is one of those books I hear about all the time. A lot of different people bring it up as kind of one of those like foundational yeah. books that business, they've read. Business books? Yes. Or, yeah. okay. I have a copy of it. If you guys want to borrow of it, course I, will you let you, I will let you borrow it. It's good. It's sort of it's it's sort of old school in the way yeah. that it approaches personal development, but there's some really great tidbits in there. It's a good book to read. It's like that how to win friends and influence it's people. It's kind of, yeah, like Dale Carnegie. Yeah, right. it's kind Cat of like that for sure. Yeah. I feel like you guys are better than a library, to be honest. You always seem to have all the books I want oh, to read. Anyway. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Right on. I, uh, I have four books. So if you want to borrow <laughs> any of them, you let me know. So when you borrowed my Atomic Habits book, you had 25% of my library. Of your collection? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, ironic, it would have been really funny if it was a minimalism book. <laughs> that's probably too many books about minimalism. <laughs> Do you have a book about minimalism? Is one of your not. four books? I shouldn't say that. I do have the Marie Kondo books, but they are loaned out. I like to keep books in circulation. Okay. So I get it back and then I'll loan it That's out. kind of the whole point of books really, yeah. though, right? I think it's for mm-hmm. That's why I don't actually love the, although I have been doing more and more reading on my phone, but I feel like, but then if I have this really great book and I want to tell someone about it, yeah. I can't just hand them my phone. So I think <laughs> right? that you're so hearing why we are a good mastermind. We like sharing ideas with each other, and I think that's the great thing about a mastermind. And it is one of, I would say, um, well, and I should say too, Hill discusses this idea of the mastermind, and he referred to it as two or more people coming together in harmony to solve problems. And I mean, you're hearing that. That's what we're doing. We're solving problems. Solving problems. Solving the world. So a mastermind group is one of the most powerful tools that you can use for success. This is a group of people that are determined to meet their individual goals, who share knowledge and experience with each other, and help solve problems and develop ideas for success. Mastermind groups can give you honest feedback. I think we're good at that. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so, yeah. Uh, hold you accountable. Yeah. I yeah. hope so. That's what I need. And celebrate success. <laughs> I think we're really good at that, yes, actually. Absolutely. So they build synergy and help reduce the learning curve. Mastermind groups meet on a regular basis. We've met two times. We've and we've stuck if you count to the dates. They were they were exactly the same interval apart. Well, if you count today, it's three times. Yeah, that's All true. Right. Um, and you can also meet uh, in person or virtually. So, you know, this could be something you do with people all over the world. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, in sure. your home office. Exactly. As we do. All right. As I said earlier, Jenny and Amanda and I have created a little mastermind group with the three of us. We get together every couple of months and we encourage each other weekly through a text chat. So we have the common goal of, help, uh, goal of helping all of us to do better with our businesses, careers, and lives. So each of us is going to share a little bit about so far what we like about this mastermind experience that we're having or what is the big thing that we're taking away from it. So I'll start off by saying that 
and I think if you've been listening to the podcast for any period of time, this won't surprise you. The thing that is the most important piece for me from the mastermind is accountability. As uh, my online pretend best friend Gretchen Rubin likes to talk about, I am an obliger, meaning mm. I meet outer expectations well, like those from other people. My own inner expectations, I struggle a little bit more with. That's why I appreciate having this little mastermind. So thank mm. you, ladies, for holding me accountable to the things giving that... You, giving you schedules to work towards. <laughs> thank you. And so far, I still have not completed anything, but I'm working towards it. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. It's in the back of your mind, and I think that's more than you would have had otherwise, right? Definitely. So. Yeah. And then the other piece I like about it is the social aspect of it. It's fun Absolutely. for us to get together. And for sure. I think... I'm going to speak for myself, but I think I can speak for the group. We kind of like each other, so it's fun to hang out. Yeah, absolutely. And we have drinks and snacks. That's right. There's always snacks. Yeah, it's true. Um, Jenny, how about you? Um, So for me, I would say I like it that I like hearing what you two are working on. Um, Both Amanda and Peggy are both entrepreneurs, I'll say, and you work independently. And that's different from me. I work for a company. So for me, it's really energizing to hear the things that you're working on and kind of get to have some back and forth and talk about ideas. I think that's really, really interesting to both get and give ideas. I think that's really cool. And I would say I've already learned a ton from both of you. Awesome. Um, And of course, the drinks and snacks. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Amanda, how about you? So what do I like about the mastermind group other than the snacks? (laughs) Uh, Well, for me, I think when I'm trying to build my business and thinking about what I want for the future, I tend to get really into my own head. Um, I tend to overthink things. I tend to sort of struggle with, oh my gosh, what's the best approach on this? And I just, I kind of just get caught up, I guess, in the weeds. And so I really like coming here and hearing a a totally fresh perspective um, from, you know, different people who are not involved in my industry and sort of look at it from a really wide lens. In, In fact, that's something that I tend to do in my own work to other people's companies. So I really like that I get that here and I'm getting it from people that I also think are very cool and fun to hang out with. So it's a bonus. Cool. Yeah. I think that's important. The different uh, perspectives because of different fields. There's something about that that's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. It would probably be pretty dry if it was like all the same type of industry or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool because I know for me, that's something I always think about at work uh, in terms of like, rather than looking at direct competitors, mm-hmm. I like to look outside and think, okay, what is a co- like a company in a completely different industry doing? And take cues from that, right. inspiration from that. Because awesome. I think if you really want to set yourself apart, why look at the people just right around you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just reminds me, I did a website years ago for a, um, a guy who owns his own t- uh, party and tent rental company. And we were talking about the kind of photography and imagery we'd like on his website. And he said, you know, if it was up to me, it would be pictures of my trucks and my equipment putting up tents. And I know that can't be right. (laughs) And I said, well, good for you for noticing that. And thank you. You know, it's good that you've hired someone like me that kind of can think of it more like a customer. What do I want to see if I were to rent a tent? And obviously, if I'm planning my wedding, I want pretty pictures and nature and that sort of thing and so those were the kind of pictures we looked for and I just thought that was interesting that he was totally admitting that he was looking at it from the wrong way being so involved in the business from the day like because he was looking at the tangible the things the solid things he had right in front of him that indicated his business and to him that was the cool stuff like isn't it cool that I can put up these tents with these trucks (laughs) and it is cool but it is cool but but for the clients but you're not selling the clients your trucks you're selling them these beautiful events that they can have they don't even want to think about how the 
tent got up in the nope. first place, right? They Absolutely. just want it standing there and not falling down. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. You know what I find cool about this whole thing? And I was thinking it before when you were saying about how for your clients, yeah. you essentially are masterminding for them. You're solving the problem for them, but then it's hard to put that lens on your own self. Yeah. It's kind of like for me, in my job as a chiropractor, I create a safe space for my patients, but I don't really know how to do that for myself. So this mm, space is kind of a place where all three of us can do that for each other, where yeah. it's like, hey, you say this to people all the time in your business or in your world. Yeah. Let me like turn it around and say it back to you. And then it feels different when someone else says it to you, even though you know it rationally or right. um, logically in your brain. Right. So that's, I think, probably a big reason why the mastermind tends to work. It's probably confirmation for something you suspected anyways, but hearing it from someone else just kind of makes it more real. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is kind of when we're going around each talking about our things, that's not something you usually do in your everyday. So it's interesting to have some time to really have some introspection. Because I find as I start saying Mm -hmm. things out loud and we start talking about, you know, ideas for the podcast or things like that, it's things I might not be thinking about on a daily basis, but it's good to kind of workshop those ideas in uh-huh. a small group for sure. For sure. Yeah. And for us, I think too, cause we're used to it being the two of us to get input from a third person. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. That's neat. And well, and also a listener too. Yeah. So it's neat for us to be able to be like, Oh, I never thought of it that way. So yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you for calling me a listener. Sometimes I wonder <laughs> if I talk too much. So this is good to hear. <laughs> What's that thing like long-term listener, first-time caller? <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. So um, be- before you get into this next part, I do just want to say yeah. that when I was going through getting some of this stuff ready, we have done some of these tips that we're going to bring to mastermind mm-hmm. groups but we haven't necessarily done them in a way that's as concrete as what we're going to lay out here. Yeah. So I think this, even today, will bring us some new information for the next time we get together to do our mastermind. So yeah. that's sort of a little cool. preface to what you're going to get into next. We're going to do a best pa- practices. We're not necessarily doing these, but we're going to try and incorporate them. That's true. That's so what true. we have is some tips for if you are interested in starting your own mastermind group or it's something you're thinking about, we have some tips that you could incorporate. So number one would be start with some clear goals about what you want to accomplish with the group. I think we actually did do this pretty well. You had an an agenda for the first time we met and we kind of did an introduction and talked about what we were all looking from. Yeah, I think so. I think Looking for from the group. Uh, (laughs) And we had a general mission too, I think, that was laid out quite clearly right from the beginning. Yeah, so so we knew what we were there for. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, (laughs) Number two. Put some thought into choosing your group members. <laughs> this could get awkward. <laughs> um, so your members should be from a variety of fields, backgrounds, personalities, strengths, and experience. So you want to create a balanced team. You don't want a group that's full of ideas but have no one that's willing to question those ideas or take risks. So even if the group members are from the same field, you're going to need a variety of traits and personalities. If there's no variety, then everyone will think alike and there won't be any real solutions to problems. People who are outside your industry may have ideas you wouldn't have thought of, and that's something that's we, what we were talking about, yeah. touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to look for a variety of traits such as organized, disciplined, creative, positive, intuitive, practical, strategic, persistent, easygoing, outgoing, decisive, risk taker, and patience. Do we check all those boxes? I was just wondering <laughs> that too. Do we need to invite someone in that might? Uh... What do we not fulfill for you from this list, Amanda? <laughs> No, um, I think I think we're pretty good. Yeah, I, I think, think so we too. have a little bit of all of those. I think so. That's great. And and I mean as well, mastermind groups are give and take. So when we're talking about all those traits, it is a give and take thing. So you want to choose group members that are willing to do both. So you're willing to offer up ideas, 
accept ideas, and you want them to be fully committed to the group. They should make a commitment to be at every meeting, open to advice, give advice and support, and be respectful of others and the group rules. Can I say something there? When I sent you the script of the video that I have avoided doing up until now, um, and you actually read it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so cool that I have someone who's willing to do that. It took me as long as it did. No, but I mean, it's just the fact that you did it on your spare time. Like, that's that's part of the mastermind group and the whole I, the mm-hmm. ethos of it. But I, you, there's still a part of me that's kind of like, well, you're obviously doing me a huge favor by just taking, you know, some of your own free time and dedicating it to that and then actually coming back with feedback. So for me, that's great. I mean, I think that's yeah. a big benefit to this mastermind group. If we do a little bit, you know, that sort of thing, I think we're going to just all benefit overall, yeah. right? So Absolutely. Excellent yeah. feedback. <laughs> so, Thanks, guys. <laughs> another thing is don't choose members that are direct competitors. It'll be easier for members to share ideas if they're not competing with those they're sharing ideas with. That totally makes I, yeah, sense. Yeah, and I yeah. think that that kind of goes without saying, but if you're not sure about who to get into a mastermind with and you're in a certain field, you probably yeah. don't want to yeah. be masterminding with somebody who's in the exact same field with you, who's going to have the same customers. Yeah. And I think this next little point that's part of this kind of speaks to how we ended up recruiting Amanda in, and it was invite people who you respect or who have inspired you. Mm-hmm. And Amanda was someone who I was aware of, not be, I, I didn't know you personally, mm-hmm. but just from seeing your work, it just seemed like everything that I was seeing that I liked. I would look into it and it was you. Aww, and I kept, nice. I remember once we kind of somehow figured out you maybe had mentioned Amanda because she was working on your website. Yeah. And I said, oh my gosh, like she does some amazing stuff. And I like, cause I had been looking at your work, reading your articles, things like that. Right. And so for me, that was like a thing where I was like, oh wow, that would be amazing because I knew about your work and, yeah. and uh, had quite a bit of respect and inspiration from you. So. That was like, for me, it was like, awesome. That would be great. So. It was just like a symbiotic, mutual group crush. It just all worked yeah. out. So. I, I think so. I think we all kind of crushed on each other a little bit. <laughs> I think <laughs> you just honest. made it weird. <laughs> <laughs> In a purely professional way. Okay. Jenny, people people were telling weird. me, I think it was, yeah, I think it's my husband and my kids that keep saying like, so you basically have a crush on Peggy. Like, why don't you just go ahead and say <laughs> My chocolate. Well, Peggy says, <laughs> this is before I met you, but now your name comes up just as often. Well, Jenny says... <laughs> No, so I think it would <laughs> always bring it back to me. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Okay, so well, <laughs> moving I mean, on. <laughs> I made it awkward with the three of us. The other third, the third point is keep the group to a manageable size. The ideal number is up to you, but probably under eight people will work the best. I think three is all we can handle. <laughs> we have it's a all, lot of things to say. It's yeah. already awkward. Yeah. <laughs> You want to make sure that everyone has a chance to participate and offer ideas at each session. Mm, that's very true. Yeah. It okay. would get kind of like a picture of eight people. Oof. Yeah. Well, I've been in mastermind groups before that have more people. And I feel like because I feel comfortable with you guys, maybe that's that's fantastic because I can feel comfortable sharing You'll everything. Share more, yeah. But then in the group when I had more people that I didn't know as well, the one thing that I got from that maybe that I don't get here is that no there was snacks oh but not as good as the ones here was that because I felt a bit intimidated then I felt like oh I really have to like step up here and not that I don't feel like that here but I just feel more comfortable so I'm probably less likely to have that like feeling of feel free to get intimidated (laughs) just having a bit of momentum I guess with being a little yeah 
like so any, wanting to impress it. And I, I guess maybe that comes back to, yeah, I guess that comes back to a personality thing too. And mm-hmm. also maybe, and even in a bigger group, you'd get comfortable with people if you worked with them long we're, enough. And we're a pretty laid back group. Yeah. So yeah. maybe there's some groups that are going to be, I don't know, I guess laid, less laid back with the yeah. opposite of that. Like we're more informal, systemic, I'd more say. systematic. I mean, yeah. we're sorry. We're informal, I would say. Right. Yeah. More formal. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. All right, next one is have a goal for each session and have all members come prepared to meet that goal. Then at the end of each session, plan the next session and decide what the subject matter and goals will be for that next session. And in between sessions, you can use a text chat, and that's what we do, or you could also create a group on Facebook or LinkedIn. We're good at this. So, yeah, we got this down. So each session we get together, or at the end of the session, we sort of say, okay, let's yeah. wrap it up. Have, yeah. We sort of do a debrief of how we've done. And then we're like, okay, what's our goal for the next time? We pick the date. We pick the location. We, we, we plan the snacks. <laughs> and I do like that we are, yeah, setting goals for ourselves, even if they aren't mm-hmm. that big. But it's, it's something realistic that we can accomplish in the time that we have. Yeah. Well, and I also like that our last session, we were very specific about saying, let's do this check-in. Yeah. Because sometimes I'll just let it get away from me. And it was good to like, okay, pull us all back in. Even yeah. if it's just to be like, hey, I didn't do much this week, but I'm checking in and I'm saying, hey, and I'm like, oh, I'm reminded just to get back after it. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. All right. Uh, next thing. you And this sort of kind of continues with what we were just talking about. Set an agenda or an itinerary for the meeting and mm-hmm. have some rules set out as to how each session will go. So to start the meeting and to get some ideas flowing, here's an example of what you could have each member discuss. And we haven't done this specifically, but I, I think, say, I think but I'm I, a bit lousy at this part. But I think this is cool, and maybe we can try this on our next yeah. meeting. So one thing that is working well, one thing that you're struggling with, a resource that they found helpful this week. Oh, I like that. Uh, could be an article, book, podcast, service, tip, website. And this is kind of like our mm-hmm. umi likey. Um, have each person share something that they're proud of. So this can be an accomplishment, a breakthrough, something good that's happened for them, etc. So I would call this the ta-da list, like mm-hmm. my online pretend best friend Gretchen Rubin. So instead of a to-do list, she says that we don't often pat ourselves on the back or reward ourselves when we've actually completed something. Mm-hmm. And then she calls that the ta-da list. So I think creating that in your mastermind group just brings momentum of here's what I've accomplished and it gives me a little bit of a push to move forward on what's next. Right. I'm only joking. I'm just pointing out the whole rules set out as to how each session would go. I'd say we just digress constantly, but that's part of the fun. I mean, I really like just sitting and chatting. Well, and we, you, you know, we can always, I, I usually am the one to like bring it back to the main <laughs> yes. tracks, lady. Rain it in. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so there's no one right way to hold a meeting. So just as what you were saying, obviously we have a lot of fun too. You can try several formats and see what works best for your group. Um, you could allow each person 10 minutes to go through what they were working on and then uh, and what they might need some feedback on and then move around the group doing the same thing. Another option is each session you could have focus on one person and their challenges or their business or their career or whatever it is that they're working on mm-hmm. uh, and that might work better for smaller groups. So that's something we might do in the future is okay this this session is going to be about you know what's going on for your um, your business, uh, right. and then we can move on to the next. Uh, so again, that sort of depends on what works. One of the things that I read that they said, if you are going to sort of do the 10 minute thing as you go around the group, each time you do a new session, it should start with a new person because sometimes by the end of it, people have different energy. And if you're always the one who gets like the people that have low energy at the end or in the middle or wherever it is, then it's not, you're not going to get the same out of the group as the person Mm. who always goes first or the person who always goes last. So just kind of switching it up a little bit. That's a really good point. 
all right, uh, keep the conversations on topic, which is something that we are sort of good at. Whatever. And Google ensure sucks. that and ensure that the conversations focus on the person that is in the spotlight for that portion of the interview. I think good. One. I think yeah. we're good at that too, though. I mm-hmm. I hope, right? I think we keep the yeah. focus. Uh, members' goals should be written down and shared with the group. This can be done through email, within a Facebook or a LinkedIn group, or a Google Shared document. So we uh, do this by keeping minutes in of our meeting in a Google Shared doc that uh, is shared between all three of us. Mm-hmm. And then so we can always revisit it um, anytime any of us wants to and then add things sort of before the next meeting. And then as we keep alluding to, food is great for meetings. Allow for some fun and snacks too. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to bring it home, Amanda? Do you have a sure. Point? Um, well, yeah, I guess the last point would be to point out that you should meet regularly um, yeah. and try to choose a place that has no distractions, um, no kids running around, no television on or whatever that might be. Um, just a way to sort of focus, obviously, and, and stay on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and a successful mastermind group is a win-win for all group members. They're a great way to create success within any topic. Each group member gets the support and encouragement they need. Ideas are developed, and it even helps to build friendships. Building a successful mastermind group is not easy, but these tips can help grow your mastermind group and make it a success for everyone involved. I agree. Me too. I agree. So the other thing that we should add here is that if any of our listeners have any other tips, if they've been involved in masterminds or if they have any uh, like amazing things that we haven't mentioned, let us know, as always. Stories about it. Yeah, if you have stories about it, if you have, or if you have questions that we haven't answered, we can find out the answer for you if you have a question about a mastermind group. So yeah. uh, let us know. That's what we're here for. Ask us questions. You know what it's time for? Oh my goodness, what is it? <laughs> it's time for a segment formerly known as What Are You Digging Lately? Which we're calling, much to my delight, Ooh, Me Likey. But you say it differently than I do. I say, Ooh, Me Likey. Yeah, you've got a little bit more... More ooh? More like up and down going with it than I do, I think. I think that the ooh is my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) Me likey. I think I put more emphasis on the me likey. Okay. I don't know. I think it's okay that both of us have a slightly different take on it. Whatever we call it, it is the time when Peg and I talk to each other about podcasts we've been listening to, maybe YouTube videos we've been watching. Oh, yeah. Because I've been really into YouTube videos lately. Okay. That's What kind? Is there, like, random? You'll hear. (laughs) I'm glad you're interested. You have that you know, whole seat, but you're only going to need the edge of it when you hear what I'm about to recommend. <laughs> so Peg and I love talking to each other about this stuff, and it's usually maybe books, random internet hilarity, anything that we've come across, and we feel like you maybe will find it fun too, and we like to share it with you. So each week, each of us will share something that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. What you got, Peg? I got cauliflower crust pizza. Wow, look out. Okay, so this doesn't <laughs> sound appetizing or amazing, but this is kind of blowing up in the interwebs and the world in general because people are involved with the keto diet or low-carb sure. diet, and the cauliflower crust pizza is a way that people can still eat pizza but have something that's low-carb. So cauliflower crust essentially is a crust that's made of mostly cauliflower. The reason I put this in my uh, umi likey this week is because my sister came over and my brother-in-law last night and we made pizzas and one of them was a cauliflower crust pizza and it was a a prepared one that came in a box that I will put a picture of in the show notes so you can check it out. She bought it at Farm Boy but I think you can buy them at most of the grocery stores in the gluten-free section in the freezer. Okay. Hmm. And so it's um, it's obviously it's got some processed ingredients. It's not a hundred percent clean. Sure. I've had cauliflower crust pizza before that I made, and it was okay. How does it stick together? Uh, you put eggs and sometimes cheese and some spices and stuff in it. Oh, okay. Um, have you had this before? I've only heard about it, and the only thing people have ever said is that it's 
gross. So yeah. So what I was just gonna say is when I make that's why I'm, I'm very I'm very intrigued that you're saying it's yeah. Okay. So then just let me get to the point because this is where you're gonna be like umi likey. Umi So I've made a cauliflower crust pizza with eggs and cauliflower and like some of the other spices yeah. and cheese, and then you put toppings on it and sure. it's and it tastes nice it doesn't taste like pizza but it tastes okay but if you yeah. think about it not comparing it directly right, right. It, then it's yeah. okay and you'll enjoy okay. it yeah so yesterday when she brought this prepared one over that's a little bit more processed i ate it and i was like if i didn't know i wouldn't know this was cauliflower cauliflower Ooh. in the crust so really? yeah so it was a farm boy brand cauliflower crust pizza you put it in the oven for a little bit of time first to get it a little bit um baked or Toasty, whatever yeah. and then you pull it out and then put the sauce and the, and the toppings on and oh. then you put it back in which is kind of how you do the homemade cauliflower crust pizza yeah and well. gluten-free uh, i have done gluten-free crust that same thing you, you toast to do a little that? bit first yeah okay yeah anyhow i was impressed okay all right cool jenny you're up so i mentioned youtube videos okay i'm really liking youtube i love video i'm like i still love podcasts obviously but i've really been kind of going down a bit of a rabbit hole with different YouTubers, I'll say, okay. just checking it out. I find it to be something, I don't watch as much TV, so I think I'm kind of been watching maybe YouTube a little bit, and I'll watch a video maybe while I'm putting on makeup in the morning or something like that, those kind of transitional times, I'll say. Okay. And I mentioned this when we did our episode on minimalism. Mm -hmm. There is a channel called The Minimal Mom, and it's this adorable, lovely Wisconsin mom and she has a YouTube channel. She just hit 100,000 oh, viewers last week. She's super cute. She has a twin sister who's a pastor who's frequently on. They're, they Is are this adorable. the same woman that has all the children, or that's a different one? That's a different lady. Okay. That's a different lady. Okay. This woman has four kids, and she decided to embrace minimalism. And she talks about what it has done for their family life. And she has four kids. They're busy. They, you know, they're working. They, have, they work, live on a farm. So it's really interesting. She has a lot of really cool, tangible advice on how you can make minimalism work for you and a lot of the challenges that you might come up against and how to solve them. She has amazing ideas. Hmm. The one thing she was talking about that really blew my mind, and this is something um, I've come across, is when you're working with your kids, if they have a lot of toys and you're trying to help them kind of maybe pare down a little bit because it's been so proven that the fewer kid toys kids have, the better they play. And the more creative they'll be. And, and I've definitely witnessed this with Ethan. Like, the more choices he has, he just ends up not playing. Yeah, they don't play with anything. He gets it all out, yeah. right? It's like what we were talking about before. It's the paradox of choice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if you can kind of pare that down, you're, you're not taking away your kids' toys. You're helping them to be more creative. And you're making it easier for them to manage. Kids, the reason why all of their toys and everything become such a mess is it's too much for them to manage. And so you want to give them... An, an amount of things that are appropriate that they can handle managing. It's the same kind of psychic load that all of us get with decision fatigue of having all the stuff, and that's why we all Absolutely. feel better when we get rid of stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. or, or create parameters that such that you only have a few choices rather than mm -hmm. what's actually open up to yeah. you. Right? I do that a lot. So she had a she had a really good tip that kind of blew my mind in its simplicity and I think its effectiveness. So I I do this with Ethan every once in a while, and we do this at Christmas. We have one of those like. Um, it's called a Santa sack, like a canvas bag. And we, as Christmas is getting closer, we put things in it to give to Santa so that he can take them back and repurpose them and give them to other kids. Cool. And then Santa leaves a gift or two in that bag for Ethan. So that's under the tree. So the gifts that mm -hmm. he gave are out and the one from Santa's in on Christmas morning. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So 
here, and she talks about doing something kind of similar. They incorporate Elf on the Shelf, where you have to give the elf a gift oh. every day, like one of your toys to give back. That's like the that, men's game. That's a cool yeah. way to use Elf on the Shelf, because a lot of people yes. have trouble with the Elf on the Shelf for lots yeah. of reasons. Yeah. That would be a neat way they to... They give the elf a bag of bows, and you have to take every day a toy and put a bow on it and leave it with the elf. So that's why they give you the thing of bows, so that you can use that as a way to kind of go, okay, here you go. Right. That's for the elf. So anyway, this tip is amazing. So she said, instead of asking your kids, like, what can you get rid of? Because that's a very difficult thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if your kids would have been cool. Oh, that. no. I, anytime I wanted to donate anything, I would have to do it when they were at school. Yes. Right? <laughs> You'd think and so. Even if they hadn't even touched for four months, they would see it walking out the door oh, and then start crying. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And she said, you know, you don't want to break your trust with your kids right. um, by giving their things away and, and have that kind of challenging thing where suddenly their stuff's gone. Yeah. And yeah. So she was looking for a better way. And what she does now is instead of saying... What do you want to get rid of? She said, okay, pick your top whatever favorite things. We're just going to box up the other things and put them away. Yeah, I love that. And so instead of, and it's much like clothing when doing a capsule wardrobe, it's, you know, the same type of thing. You don't look through your closet and start deciding what you're going to pull out. You take everything out and only put back in the things you really want. Actually wear, yeah. So it's the same principle but applied to toys and I thought what an empowering thing for kids to go pick your favorite. So I have a friend who did exactly that and I'm sure you can appreciate the whole stuffed animal thing and how it drives you crazy. Most moms yep. hate stuffed animals. There's just too many of them. They never play with them. They're just on the floor they making a mess. Yucky, yucky. So I had a friend, a brilliant friend who a couple of years ago, she did the same thing. She took all three of her kids stuffed animals and said, look guys, I'm not getting rid of them. Let's just put them all in this garbage bag and I'm going to put them in the basement. And if you want your stuffed animal, you know where it is. You can go and get it. Not a problem. But I'm just letting you know that that's where I'm putting it for now. And a year went by and no one ever went down to the basement to ever get one of those. Whereas if she had tried to walk out of the door with them, she would have had tears and crying. And I just thought, yeah, it's totally true. They they don't want to see that. They don't want to know that it's gone forever. Yeah. But truthfully, over time, they will forget yeah. and learn to live without they it. They really right? do. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah so I, cool. I think that that's a great tip. And the other thing I've seen people do is get the outside of a beanbag chair, not the stuffing, and take all the stuffies and put them inside a beanbag chair. <laughs> oh, I've seen that before. Yeah. yeah. But anyhow, I mean, I'd much rather get rid of them. Stuffies are the worst. <laughs> they are totally the worst. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a great tip. And... The Minimal Mom, I would recommend checking her out if you're looking for any kind of inspiration in terms of, you know, maybe living a bit more intentionally, simply, boy, has she got it. And she talks about all the time about how she's like, she's not a tidy person. Like, she's a messy mess. But minimalism is the way to keep her from being messy. So. Awesome. She's great. And she's just so cute. cute. she's so cute you're so cute too um but i don't like cleaning well this is what you've said a lot is that minimalism allows you to not have to worry about the mess because there's not enough stuff to make a mess yeah i love it it's i never like (laughs) you don't have to dust under things if there's no things that's right and i mean i'm not extreme about it i don't think i mean i live in my little bubble too you still have furniture we're sitting on chairs right now (laughs) yeah i haven't gone that far but i that's the cool thing about her channel is she says she's making minimalism practical and like an everyday thing that people can incorporate we are not talking about the people who go on and talk about how they only own 30 things and they their whole life is in their backpack and right Right. that's not what we're talking about we're talking about because that's not realistic for most people really no right we're talking about getting intentional about your possessions 
and uh, basically being in charge of your things, not your things being in charge of you. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, yeah. would you like to play this game with us too today? I, I too would like to play the game. Okay. Um, I think it's kind of a fun game and every week there's always something to think about um, in my case I guess part of my job having a creative job means to be somewhat intentional about um, you know my work and trying to fill I guess I call it my filling my creative bucket so just to make sure I always have stuff in my brain that I can draw from draw from in order to create work um, I make sure that I'm sort of always looking for inspiration elsewhere and sometimes it's as easy as a website. So in this case, that that is true. And so, um, actually, it started last year. I went and watched a documentary called Design Canada. And for people who are interested in design, I highly recommend you watch it. It's kind of a cool documentary about all the Canadian designers that have created our most iconic brands, like Roots and Blue Jays and um, CN and that sort of thing. And it all kind of, the theory there is that it all stemmed from uh, the Montreal Expo 67. Really? A lot of things sort of came out of that period um, of time. And Canadian design is, from especially from that era, tends to be quite minimal. If Even if you contrast, you know, Canada Post to the U.S. postal system and looking at their logos, there's a huge difference. And I think part of the reason is we're forced to pare down because everything has to be in English and French. So it needs to work Good two point. ways. So, yeah, so I think graphically it's got to be meaningful for both cultures. We've also got to fit in the French word. So it just forces Canadian designers to just think a lot more bare bones and, and put in only what's absolutely necessary. Uh, so that documentary was pretty cool, only for design geeks, I would warn you. I'm going to check that um, out. Yeah, I think, I think you can stream it online. I'm pretty cool. sure you can now. Um, but just recently, I came across another a website, and it's called Canada Modern. And sort of the same idea. Basically, someone put together this huge repository of all this cool, really cool Canadian design. And it's everything from, like, a government manual to, like, an installation pamphlet to logos, um, poster design and it's all just very within sort of falls within the sort of modern aesthetic um, okay. but it's really cool again for looking for inspiration for color palettes and there's a lot of Helvetica in there for sure there's a lot of like really uh, basic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I know a lot of people appreciate I tend to personally design a little bit more um, I like to be a maximalist when it comes to design. I like a lot of color and pattern. How much can I stuff in there without it being too um, abrasive? But I do like to kind of go back to these sort of um, ideas and force myself to kind of, you know, look at it a different way and maybe think, oh, maybe in this case minimal will do and that sort of thing and, mm -hmm. and try to force myself to kind of, you know, just keep that in mind from time to time. Anyway, so it's, yeah, for me, it's a great reminder of the KISS principle, which mm -hmm. I'm sure we all... Awesome. No, I don't need to spell it out, do I? <laughs> no. Can I also just add before we move on to the next segment that yeah. if we, we obviously you just heard <laughs> Amanda geek out on uh, some design stuff, and if you want to see some examples of what she's done, one smallish mm -hmm. one, I guess, is our logos for our podcasts yeah. are all um, Amanda DeVries. So check those out, and um, again, go and check out her website. Do you want to tell us your website again so people can go check you out? Oh, sure. It's AmandaDeVries.com. Let's move on to our next segment. It's called okay. You Win or You Learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate, or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or... They may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. So I'm up for the win this week. Okay, let's hear it. So we have a word of the year. We do. Yours is intentional. Mine is recreation. Yes. We have realized, we realized on the top of the ski hill that we are trying to incorporate more of the other person into our lives. 
I'm so glad this is what you're saying right now. <laughs> Why? Because it's going to apply to my learn. In a oh, second. is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my word's recreation. I have never had a more summer summer than I am having. I feel like I look at the calendar and I will see, I know it, it when the end of July hit, I couldn't believe I still had another month of summer because I had done more in July and June than I've ever done in a whole summer. I will say in the last 10 years. That's I saying a feel, lot given the weather we've had this year. Absolutely. And I, I think say. that forced it. Yeah, probably. I think that made me get more excited when it got nice out. Um, we've done some day trips, some little short getaways. So we've been focusing on more little short trips rather than a long period Extended of time off. Summer, yeah. So taking long weekends, doing things like that. Also, getting the paddle boards has given us such an excuse. And um, and because we bought them, I have that you know guilt of like being like, I need to get you a set of yeah. these. Yeah. Um, and we've been offering them out to friends as well to use. Um, still waiting for people to take us up on it I'm like please like I just want to see them get used but it's given us a reason to go do things and we have just been out doing more Ethan learned how to ride a two-wheeler so now we're out doing that and I just really feel like this has been a real summer and the little pool you had the in pool the backyard has made yeah. a huge difference yeah we're even just sitting outside so much right. more we're really enjoying it so awesome i feel like in terms of this year already that recreation can get a huge check mark awesome well that's great especially when that's what yeah. you needed and that's what you wanted yeah. to put into your world great work yeah absolutely and i will say that little pool that little 99 dollar pool has been the best investment for the summer. Awesome. We had a great time. It's Game changer. Fun. Game changer, absolutely. That's cool. So yeah, that's been a big win for me. I feel like I've really embraced it. All right, well, it's really interesting that you bring this up because I'm up for the learn this week. And in speaking of recreation, I tend to be good at this and I tend to You're be very good at extra this. good at it in the summer. I will say I did intentionally plan the summer. So okay. I, in terms of the word intentional, I wanted to see certain people I'm it's important for me to maintain relationships and friendships with certain groups of people it's easiest to see them in the summer so John and I have been we've had a super fun jam-packed a ton and you of have a resort house <laughs> a ton of visitors at the party barn a ton of then visits other places every weekend we have something at least once during the week we have something all summer long so I guess where the the learn comes in is that, and this is sort of what seems to happen every summer for me, is that I jam all this stuff in and it's so fun and I'm having lots and lots of recreation. And then all of the things like what I'm supposed, that what I'm trying to be held accountable for in our mastermind group just falls right off. I'm less productive. I don't get a lot of work done. So I'm kind of in a space where I don't know if it's a problem or not. I don't know if I just yeah. need to put it away and realize that when September becomes, September is a new January. And when it's yeah. September, all of a sudden now I'll just jump back into my I do production think so, mode. I do think summer is kind of a bit of a wash. So and then I just maybe need to give myself some grace and enjoy the recreation oh, yeah. of the summer. For sure. <laughs> I know I've been really giving myself a pass on, a, let's just say, a lot of things because it's summer. Because yeah. it's summer. And again, probably because of the weather, it's just so much more compressed this time. You feel yeah. like you've really got to make use oh, yeah. of it. Just in general, in southwestern Ontario, we only have yeah. eight or 10 weeks and that's the yeah. summer. So unless you get it in then, there's you can't go, yeah. oh, well, let's do it in a couple of months. Well, because then yeah. it might be snowing. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So. I think I think you should let yourself, well, give yourself yeah. some slack. I think you're, I think you're okay. okay. I think you're a hardworking person in general. 
And when the time is right and it feels right, you will get to it. It just might. It's just not right now. So when it's September, I'm going to stay focused and get after it. I think Amanda's an enabler. I think you need to sort yourself out right now. <laughs> okay, well, Amanda better get a little bit more hardcore about the accountability. It's okay, I'll be September. the tough one. I'll That's be the right. tough one. So because you're joining us, do you want to share a win? We're not going to make you share a learn. We're just going to... How about a win? Okay, thanks, guys. Well, I do, you know, it's interesting because the whole reason why I was so excited about this mastermind group is I do, I have been sort of building my business in a different way lately. Um, kind of came to this realization, I feel like I know what I want to be when I grow up, and that is that I want to focus more on the food and beverage industry in terms of design. So I really want clients that are looking for packaging design or branding for the restaurant and that sort of thing it's just mm-hmm. the work that i've done in the past in that industry has just it's what's got me the most jazz easily um yeah. versus anything else so cool i've sort of recently made this decision to do this so i did build another website icandydesign.ca um and this is the first time ever that i have been truly intentional about how i market myself and mm where I go to look for new business. It's kind of a brand new thing, so I'm learning a lot of things along the way. Um, But I think because I'm so excited about this, all the possibility around it, I feel like it's helping me to, what I call, keep on keeping on. Like I'm I'm being pretty consistent every week. There's a little bit, I'm just kind of chucking away at it. Um, I feel like there's a lot to do to sort of get my name into this industry and get it known. Um, so it's it's little things here and there, but I feel like every week, even when I'm super busy, if I can just take a bit of time to work on it, even the smallest amount, it's just overall the week feels great. Yeah. So it's it's sort of encouragement for the next week to kind of repeat that. So in a way, it feels like a win, even though it hasn't necessarily paid off immediately. But again, I think this is the kind of thing you just sort of plant these seeds and expect and, you know, things to kind of come in eventually. But knowing that I'm doing these little things here and there are kind of just giving me that confidence that it will come because it did in the past when I was just simply waiting for clients to come in the door, yeah. <laughs> right? They did. So this way I feel, yeah, bringing in that business intentionally is, is new for me, but it's it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm definitely... And I will say as part of this mastermind, it's been really interesting hearing you talk about this and it, it becomes so clear so quickly that that is the exact right thing for you to be working on. It's really bringing together your kind of world right. into one thing. And right. I think that that's what probably makes it so easy. And I mean, I can look at the work that you do in those areas and see how much passion you have for it and that you're right. really into it. Thank you. So I well, think that's super cool. It's, it's funny that it's taken me this long to consciously figure that out though. Like you kind yeah. of look back and go, why did I not do you know, know what it this? is? Like, it's like a movie when there's like, you know, maybe a movie about teenagers and it's like, the boy and girl have been friends since they were little yeah. kids, and then suddenly they look at each other and realize and they loved each other the whole time. And I don't know any specific movies, but I can picture that yeah. type of theme, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right because it really it, it seems you're like now it seems time. so obvious, but I'm like, why did I not ever say that out loud before? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what was holding me back, and just in general, the whole yeah running the business and knowing how to market has made it so much easier to be so clear about it. And this is something I always tell my clients again, you know, niche down, figure out what you're good at, um, do the thing that you're most, most crazy about and make sure you're screaming that out to the world. And I wasn't doing it myself, which again, this having this fresh perspective and having people shine a mirror to myself. Um, So the mastermind has been great for me for that way because it's, yeah, I'm doing this in a very different way. And so it's really great to get Mm -hmm. your, your input, your intake on it. Awesome win. Thanks for sharing. And while we're on that subject, I just want to put it out there to our listeners. You've just heard what Amanda's shouting out to the world in terms of her new business, (laughs) iCandy Design. So if you are 
in the world of food and beverage and you're looking for design for your labels for anything yeah. or if you know somebody that has a food and beverage that's looking for design or redesign then reach out because she's your girl yeah, no, we know we know shucks guys making me blush uh, perfect I'm glad alright <laughs> on that note <laughs> on that note that's it for this episode of the Improvement Project thank you so much Amanda for joining us today you can say hi to her on the socials at where would we find you uh, well either a DeVries Creative um, on Instagram or iCandyDesign.ca on Instagram. That's probably the best. She's okay. always got some good Most store clients on Instagram. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You'll, yeah. All right. If you want to get into my brain, essentially, yeah. <laughs> you should just check Head out Instagram. to her Instagram. Yeah. Uh, get in touch. Our email address is theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. And if you like the show, and we hope that you do, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And let them know it's free. Some people aren't aware that podcasts are completely free to subscribe and listen to, as denoted by the fact that someone in our family asked me this year where they could get Jeff a gift card for podcasts. And you said, uh, uh, I just have just... Just give me the cash, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we would also love it so much if you would rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help more people to find the show, and it gives us the feels. That's right. We like it. We also have a Facebook group, so search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now, go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. Should we get this going, see what happens? Yeah. I'm a little nervous. Can Can I admit that? Yeah. Yeah. You should be. It's really nerve-wracking. This is serious. Yeah. Amanda, don't screw up. I'm getting that sense.